Hey there, just finished a great book last week um, and then started reading stories out on the internet, started reading, reading a bunch of stories on Twitter, and you know what? I, I think we're going to have to talk about it. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, I'm sorry I haven't been around. I've been actually really busy. Uh, been spending some time with my fiance, been having a working a lot and writing my book. Uh, but I've and what really has kicked it is it's taken me a long time to get through with this article. This one took me probably I want to say four days to write because it just was a lot of stuff and a lot of thinking. And I, I tell you, I think I was talking to myself most of the time with this. Um, last week, I finished the book Brave New World by Adolis Hux- Huxley. Um, I had told you I had, the last time I read this book was way back. It was probably just out of high school. The book was, I, so I decided, you know what? I heard the book, I you know, 1984, Animal Farm, I've read maybe three times each. So I, or Animal Farm, I've easily four or five times. Uh, the book was published in 1932 and is about a stranger who walks into a government-controlled utopia. And this stranger, he's actually not a stranger. He is considered a, how shall we say, an, uh, a savage. He's considered a savage. Of course, he's not a savage. He's a very gentle person, but he walks into this uh, utopia. The world is about the collective over the self it uses technology to grow children. Life for the people is simple. There's no more birthing. Uh, the children, like I said, the children are raised in te- test tubes and are genetically engineered uh, for the role that they are chosen in life. Essentially, they are clones. The clones are broken up into five different castes. Uh, so you've got the the, the highest caste, which I believe is called the Alpha, and they're all tall and strong and beautiful. And then you've got the, the caste that is the worker. Um, they're short, they're kind of dumb, they're kind of heavy, they're not particularly attractive. But essentially everybody looks the same. Everything they see, see and hear is controlled. Their careers are chosen for them. Their social status is chosen. They're all taught taught the same thing. They're all raised the same way to believe in the same uh, morals and in the same uh, morals and and thoughts. Materialism and pleasure is the moral truth, and they're conditioned or indoctrinated as the child grows into adulthood to believe in this. It's a sterile world. It's an ugly world. It is just a construct. It is a just such a processed world. No, there's nothing different. It's, people in this world have only three things in life. Buy stuff, achieve pleasure, and in any way, achieve pleasure in any way possible, and work. Do what they're put on earth to do, or what they were created to do. The parallels in this book are absolutely amazing, and I want to thank Andrew Claven. He was one on the from the Daily Wire. Subscribe. He was the one that actually really ticked this book off for me. 
Uh, also, I I want to read Anne Rand again because she has parallels to today's society that I think are very important. Basically, it is our society prophesized 100 years ago. Even the legalization of drugs today was foretold in this book. This book, if a person could not find pleasure, he was to find, he was allowed to take a drug called Soma, which would actually artificially give that individual pleasure. It's so amazing that I'm going to write a separate post about this whole book in the future. But there were a few articles I read this week that triggered me in a good way. It's not a bad trigger. I need to hug a teddy bear or something that really influenced this podcast. And that's why it took me so long to write it. I will need to discuss the book first so that I can put the articles I read into context and actually show the parallels. And actually, as I'm, I'm saying this, I'm thinking to myself, maybe the parallels are something that I'm going to actually bring up next week. I do need to talk about some news. It won't be today, but some news. Probably going to have to put another podcast in this weekend. Um, in A Brave New World, Huxley puts an emphasis on pleasure. The reason is because there is no satisfaction in society. You do not get, the individuals do not get any type of pleasure in their lives, in their accomplishments. The roles of the characters and their societal standing are defined before the children are actually hatched. Sorry, I just had another thought about a third article. Yeah, this book, we're definitely going to have to break this book down into a few weeks. I, I have a feeling this is going to be a weekly. So the totalitarian government encouraged rampant and unfettered sex between citizens to keep them satisfied. A man will literally, will literally walk to a woman and say, let's have sex, and they will have sex. The government is also mandated to have bi mandates bi-weekly orgies. It's required. That's how important sex is. Now, we're going to focus on the sex thing. I think that's very important. There are no true relationships, and there were no limits. One person's sex is sex is sex. doesn't matter if he likes a man, he likes a woman, he likes both. None of that makes any difference as long as that individual is happy. Or, no, not happy, achieves some sort of pleasure. Even children who were taught that unrestricted sexual freedom was a good thing. Though pedophilia wasn't a thing in the book, children learned about sex through games like Hunt the Zipper. You can just imagine what that game was about. Perversion is accepted and encouraged. Morality has been redefined with no argument. Indoctrination of the children is the key. And that's where we're going to get to our three stories. And this is a, this was a very hard article for me to write because we Josie still has young kids, and I, I, I see the indoctrination on a daily basis, and it really bothers me. And the thing is, 
Oh, well, we'll get to that in the conclusion. So the first story involves California. Um, God bless California, it figures. In 2015, uh, the Healthy Youth Act, which is AB 329, by Assemblywoman Shirley Weber, was introduced, passed into law, and signed by Governor Jerry Brown. There's a real winner right there. The law was meant to update the sex education program of the time to include education of HIV and AIDS and its prevention. That doesn't sound so bad. The program was also meant to be voluntary. Now, I'm going to say this again in a few minutes, but I had sex education when I was a kid, and it was voluntary. It was not during school hours, and I had it in a Catholic school. So I actually did have a sex education class. It was literally two nights, and it basically went over. I was old enough at the time. I was already going through puberty. I think I was in sixth grade. And sixth grade, I wasn't going through puberty, but weird things were happening with me. And it basically discussed your body, discussed the hormones, discussed the physical body. It discussed uh, sex. It did discuss sex, but not in an overt way. Well, apparently this AB 329 has been edited again, but it has added some truly, truly disgusting things. And you know something? Not so shockingly, the parents don't like it. So let's start off. Let, let's give you some of the curriculum. Let's talk about some of the book choices. If you'd like to read some of this stuff, go to uh, dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I actually have this. All the show notes are listed. Um, the story is rewritten. You can actually go in. You'll you'll see what I read from. You'll see my, my uh, script. And these books that I'm actually going to list are linked. So you can get, you can look at examples of the books and pretty, pretty heavy examples. They'll give you 50, 60 pages because the school actually had to submit this. So here are a couple of the book. Here are about four of the books that they mentioned. Here are the four books that they mentioned. These are just a couple. Changing You, A Guide to the Body Changes and Sexuality by Gail Saltz. This is intended for kids from kindergarten to third grade. Yeah, for some reason, kids in kindergarten and need to know this stuff. It shows uh, the male and female body, the genital area, and it actually has pictures on what happens during sex. In others, it shows what happens when the penis enters the vagina. Awesome. Here's, it gets better. Trust me. Who are you? The Kid's Guide to Gender Identity by Brooke Pesson. Yes, we've got to have a gender identity because we really don't have two sexes anymore, do we? Again, this is meant from kindergarten to third grade. This stuff is so dangerous by introducing this to such little kids. Ugh. This teaches kids that there are many genders, not just two. And then it goes over those genders. Nice. What's happening to my body? Books for Boys by Lynn Medeiros. I guess this book was meant to teach boys how to be, how to have their toxic masculinity. Intended for fourth and fifth grade boys. That's great. These fourth and fifth grade boys are a, a rampant mess already. They don't need any help. It discusses slang words for genitals. Awesome. Why would I know that my penis 
is a I don't know what I'm not going to say that slang words for genitals masturbation and the acceptance of sexual fantasies along with homosexuality and gender identity you know what I see that the book did not talk about is controlling those sexual fantasies but that's okay they don't need to do that finally the last book S-E-X the all you need to know sexuality guide to get you through your teens and 20s by Heather Corinna. This is the most disgusting book. This book is intended for high school students. No high school student should be reading this book. No high school sh should know any from the anything from this book. The book discusses different sexual perversions including sex, the sex act itself, fisting, anal sex, BDSM, which is bondage and sadomasochism and body, body fluid play. Yes. What's that, you might ask? Because I'm sure 99.9% .9 of the people do not do this. It's urinating on, on each other and blood play. Playing with menstrual blood. Yeah, I want a 15, 16-year-old kid to have anything, something to do with this. The goal of these schools is not only to teach kids what sex is or what they think sex should be or the process the body goes through at any given age which is what my sex education showed me but actually teaching you how to have sex and according to the curriculum how to have great sex these books are so graphic the article points out their subject matter could not even be shown on television. Though these programs are supposed to be strictly voluntary, it seems like that's a more of a guideline than a rule. Uh, the reading material is out there, and the kids are socializing with each other, so the information is spread, spreading, and it is normalizing. As Jonathan Keller, president of the California Family Council, says, the state of California should not force moms and dads to choose between participating in the public school and protecting their children's innocence. No student needs to be exposed to this graphic, explicit material. It's child abuse, and he's 100% right. This is wrong. It's just wrong in so many different ways. It's disgusting coming from a state that constantly is opening its laws that counter traditional morality. Children do not need to know this before puberty, especially for children before the fifth grade. Children don't even realize there's a difference between genders at these ages. They're not, they're not even sure what a boy difference between a boy and a girl is. They just know by looking. We need to let them keep their innocence. There just is no good reason to do this and no benefit unless you're trying to do something. You're trying to train people. Teaching the children to knowing all the different genders is also just absolutely ridiculous. Being a child is confusing enough. They don't need to be further confused by being taught there aren't just boys and girls but there are boys and girls and 62 other genders which there aren't but this also leads to a bigger problem 
gender dysphoria was a real disorder defined by the DSM-5 used by psychology. Of course, because of political correctness, um, the term was actually removed in the latest version of the DSM-5. And I think this pretty much proves psychology is a soft science at best and probably more of a social science. It's not a science at all. The disorder states that some children go through gender confusion. A little boy will think he's a little girl and will act like that. This can be this can be a serious this could be a serious problem that can lead to depression that the child is not the sex that he or she wants to be. Most children go, grow out of this disorder. Uh, but there is a push today that this disorder is normal and the child is a natural transsexual. This is scary stuff because there are people out there that believe children as young as three should start going through the transition protocols. That includes that includes hormone therapy and puberty blockers. These will destroy children. Absolutely destroy children. And it's happening today. There's actually a case in Texas where a mother believes that the son is a transsexual. The father believes that the son is not a transsexual because here's a shocker. He's six years old, I believe, five or six years old. Here's a shocker. The kid wants to please mom, so he'll wear dresses around mom. But when he's with dad, dad's forced by the courts to present the kid with boys' clothes or girls' clothes, and he chooses boys' clothes. So the kid is trying to please the mom and dad, but the mom thinks that the kid is a transsexual. She wants to start hormone therapy on him and puberty blockers. And and the father is protesting. Now she wants full control. She wants full custody of the child so she can start going through the horm- he can, she can force him to go through hormone therapy. She's going to destroy this kid's life before he even knows where he is. I think with transsexuals, you want to be a trans. You want to trans. Um, you want to transform yourself from female, from male to all to female, whatever that is. Great, you can do that, but be sure you want to do it because it's a permanent thing, and there are problems once you do transition. I would even say 21, 22 is too young to make that determination. 26, 20, the prefrontal cortex doesn't even mature until 26, 27 years of age. In my case, it didn't mature till I was almost 29. I know this for a fact. Science knows this for a fact. Normal reasoning people should resist this and fight this leftist indoctrination in the schools that are throw that they're throwing at our children. We should make sure that we keep the communication paths open with our children and not be afraid to tell them when something is wrong or immoral. You know, I don't think a man is a, I don't think a man is a man is a woman because he mutilated his penis. I've said that before. I'll respect him. I'll respect her. But I'm not going to sit there and be forced to believe that this man who had his thing cut up is suddenly a woman because he's got a fake thing there. And I'll tell my kids that. I will not lie to them. I don't want them to go through that.
It's the only way we can save our children is to actually say this stuff. Point to this to them. Tell them this isn't moral. This isn't right. This isn't normal. But this doesn't end here. Um, the the website federalist.com has a great article by uh, Chad Felix Green about the LGD, LGBTQ community has been trying to recruit new members. It pointed... The article pointed out that Jerry Falwell said in 1981, please, excuse me, please remember homosexuals don't reproduce. They recruit. And they are after my children and after your children. End quote. Though the LGBTQ community, and I'm always going to have problems with that, has always claimed that they, uh, that they have targets of harassment, they've been targets of harassment and abuse. Ev- evidence has shown that there have been actually very little, very few cases of this since 1992. Many on the religious right believe that the acceptance is not their goal, but to mainstream their preference in order to recruit more members of their community. In other words, to normalize it, and I think they're going a step for- further. They want to naturalize it. They want to make it that um, they are gay because nature said they were gay. That you hear a lot of that. I was born this way. I believe it was Lady Gaga that said that, and that was a pro a pro gay song. Um, well, it's possible, but a lot of people are born with uh, a lot of. <laughs> A lot of people were born with schizophrenia too, but that doesn't make it necessarily a positive, uh, a positive attribute. Nothing proves this theory more than the drag queen organization, Drag Queen Story Hour. This is a group of men that dress in the most over-the-top drag costumes and makeup, and will go to schools and libraries and read the chil- read children's books to very young children. Uh, if you go to my website, dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, you can actually look at a uh, a video, a short video from the TV, the inter- BBC show Amazing Humans, and they actually uh, interview one of these people. The federal the Federalist article points out that most drag queens who participate mean only to entertain. There have been instances where you've had perverts or stu- or uh, uh, predators in these, but they're so few and far between. I, I don't even think I'm going to make them part of the story. Uh, the Federalist does bring it up. Since most children do not understand sexuality, they don't see them as more than someone who's there to entertain them in a funny outfit. But there are bigger issues here. Drag first. Drag queens are. Drag queen entertainment is adult entertainment. It's always been adult entertainment. It's sassy, it's edgy, and like the entertainers, very sexualized. The author points out that having a drag queen reading to children is not too different than having a porn star read to children. I've seen drag queen shows before, and he's right. They're very good, they're very funny. These folks are really funny. But (laughs) they are not meant for children. He also points out that drag queens may not be the positive 
that the LGBTQ community is looking for. And this has caused a riff within the LGBTQ community. Be Are drag queens a positive aspect of the LGBT? Or is it just mocking the other part of the LGBTQ, the transgender group? The debate continues to go on in the community. And by the way, these debates, this is not a shock. There's now a debate in the LGBTQ that pedophilia is just another gender choice. Um, they kind of are pushing that away. They were, when um, NAFTA was, not NAFTA, uh, NAMBLA was around. But a lot of people think they're warming up to it. But Green sums it up well with this paragraph. He sums up his entire article with this simple paragraph. When LGBT activists argue their goal is to introduce preschool-aged children to concepts of gender fluidity and openly queer people, they are arguing for forcing leftist views about sexuality and gender on children. That, in many ways, is what the conservative op opposition is truly about. He is absolutely correct. Now, I think I may have said this in a, a past podcast. I was against gay marriage when it was first introduced. I was against gay marriage, but I had no reason why. It turned out I was against gay marriage because I saw there was a militant aspect to the LGBT. LGBTQ, LGBTQ the Q was added later, so I'm, I call them LGBT too. Um, I realized as I grew older and as I started having debates, believe it or not, with gay friends, we used to talk about it. I had a, a gal under me who was a lesbian. We talked about gay marriage all the time while it was going through, before it was actually legalized. Um, she said, you know, what difference does it make? If I love my wife, if I love my girlfriend, why can't I marry my girlfriend? And it was very hard for me to argue that. Well, I went as I grew up and as I kind of calmed down a little bit and as I began to listen, again, when you debate, always listen, maybe you'll learn something. I learned that I was against gay marriage, not because I was against gay marriage. I was against gay marriage because of the militancy of the LGBT community. And that wasn't a good enough reason. That was a stupid reason. And if it was for a religious reason, let's say I'm a Catholic, which I am, and it's a sin. Yeah, but it's not my sin. And if two men want to go to a courthouse and have a civil union, that doesn't affect my religious beliefs. Because a civil union is not a marriage. A civil union is where the city says you are now partners. You are legally, by society standards, partners. Whereas religiously, they didn't have a marriage. They had a civil union. I was married. These people are just have a civil union. So it, it is different. I was able to reason it out. And yeah, when someone asked me, are you against gay marriage? No, I'm not. I, don't, I really couldn't care less. And then I also learned that government really shouldn't have a say in it in the first place. The government really sucks at everything. So why would I listen to it? But uh, again, I, 
I also think indoctrinating children on something that they don't understand creates confusion for them. It is also wrong to teach children about something that is morally questionable, if not altogether immoral. Listen, I don't care what these people do. They can do whatever they want, and I'll all I'll do is shake my head and maybe give them a little stare. But I don't think it's normal. I don't think it's natural. There's a difference between normal and natural. I don't think it's natural. I hate it when I see these people try to force their crap on our children. I think it's a perversion. I think it's a, I think it's an illness. I think it's an antisocial disorder. And if you actually look at a drag queen, these are not people that are going to be accepted completely by society. If a drag queen walks into a store to try and get a job, she ain't getting a job. He is not getting a job. But when one inflicts the perversion on a child, I can see it as nothing other than child abuse. You are actually twisting this kid's head. And I think that is absolutely wrong. Finally, it's Pride Month. I can't wait for uh, Lust and Gluttony months, but it is Pride Month. And there are some really weird, disturbing videos that are circulating on Twitter. Um, I couldn't find the videos, but one of the people I did find, uh, I actually have a video of on my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. The posts are from pride parades across the United States. There were multiple. There wasn't just one. These feature kids in drag called, surprisingly, drag kids. Dancing rather luridly in cl- crowds. The, these kids can range from about 6 to 12 years in age. They don't seem to go above that or they don't show that. One of the most famous... I, I, I'm talking dancing in a way that is just twerking and it just twi- splits. It's just extremely disturbing. And these kids are surrounded by a bunch of men in drag. These are at these pride parades, like at West Hollywood in California and wherever else they have the, the gay locations. Um, in, in Los Angeles, it's West Hollywood, and I believe the lesbian community has kind of moved to Santa Monica. I'm not really sure. I don't really follow up. One of the most famous drag kids is called Desmond is Amazing. Okay, quote, Desmond is Amazing, end quote. That's the kid's stage name. Um, I'm not kidding. On my video, I actually do have a video from him from uh, CNBC. Um, I think you should just take a look at the video. You can go to YouTube and see it. These are all pulled from YouTube. This is just sick stuff. This is what all this indoctrination in the schools and the media are pushing. And by the way, listen to how CNBC treats this obviously troubled kid. Listen to his mother talk about him. Hey, but that wasn't the worst of the videos. It's not, oh, okay, the kid likes to dress and drag, whatever. That's, it's, it's weird. The problem is this kid is being abused by his parents. This kid was allowed to go on stage at a gay bar and was given $1 bills by the audience as he danced. 
If you don't believe me, look it up on my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I do actually have the video there. It destroyed Twitter. Deep, everyone was saying, what is the problem? This kid is way too young to sit back and think he thinks he identifies as this. But that's what's worse is how is this not child exploitation? These men are hand, are throwing these gay men are throwing one dollar bills at a 11, 10, 11 year old kid. How is the video that's posted on YouTube not child pornography? He is dressed in a sexualized manner, wearing makeup, sticking his tongue at these people. This is child pornography. Where the hell are these kids' parents? Oh, I know. They don't care. They're making money off the kid. The kid has a YouTube channel that is famous, making them tons of money. By the way, a YouTube channel that's not being banned for um, inappropriate content. Why Steven Crowder's being banned, but this, or not banned, but demonetized, but this kid is able to, to make money off this? I don't know. And I don't know how the, any of this is right. How any of this is moral. How is this stuff not a perversion? How are people not absolutely outraged that this perversion is actually being treated? And I don't want to see, I don't want to say, I don't want to be seen as some evangelical. I'm not. I am far from an evangelical. I do not s condemn any of these people. I do not commend the trans, uh, condemn the trans society. I definitely don't condemn the gay society. I definitely don't. I don't. I'm not against gay marriage. I'm not against anything. But when you start messing with kids, I got a problem with it. I still think some of this stuff is not right. It's not natural. The problem here is the reason. Nobody is throwing a fit about this. I mean, even Twitter doesn't throw a fit about it anymore. And most of the fits are being thrown by the evangelicals. It's because this stuff is becoming more common more and more acceptable. This is where we need to fight a little bit. Okay, you didn't read the book. You didn't read uh, Brave New World. So, what's my point? Where are the parallels? If you have figured out what the parallels were, you probably did. But Huxley wrote about totalitarianism, specifically communism. That's what A Brave New World is about. His works and teachings inspired another app author who absolutely hated communism so much, his books couldn't get published for fear of ticking off the Soviet Union. Hint, 1984, An Animal Farm, George Orwell. Huxley lays a blueprint for implementing and implementing the controlling of people who are living in a highly technical, highly controlled society. One of the ways they control a society, and there are a few others, but we're going to get into them probably one next week, is through the temporary pleasures, specifically sex. Now remember, 
In this world, there is no love, no monogamy, no moral pathways, no hope. Heck, bi-weekly orgy sessions are required by the government. Morality has been defined by the government, motivated by not God, by not religion, by not philosophy, but by the need for power. What I can get will work. I'll do whatever they can, I can do to keep it, and they want to keep it. But how can people do something that feels so wrong in today's society, or did? You indoctrinate the children into that belief system through the education system. That's the California law. You show children the perversion over and over again. That's the drag queen story. And in the end, the children accept the narrative. The Desmond is amazing story. You can see the parallels directly by these three stories to what could become. Our society right now is the prelude to Brave New World. We're already going there. Now, here's what really is... is ah, wait, One side, I'll get back to that. When I say stuff is dangerous, people in the past have predicted this already. I'm. This is not my idea. Huxley did. Orwell did. Ray Bradbury did. Read for Fahrenheit 451. You're going to see a lot of the same things. I think Reagan was wrong. Reagan says totalitarianism could take a generation. We could be a free country and a totalitarian country in the next generation. No, I think it's going to take about two. And I, we have, we were such a great country for so long. I'd hate to think that it's over now. And I think the one way we can do that is continue to fight. And you know something? I have decided. I am going to go through that book and I'm going to make all of the comparisons. And you know what? Next week's article, hopefully Wednesday, maybe Friday, because this one took me a really long time, we're going to talk about Soma. You don't know what that is. That's fine. You'll find out next week. So, that was fun. Oh, I am sweating. I'm so pumped here. Uh... You can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. Visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. You can see all of the videos. You can see all of my links, where I got these stories. And uh, you can download this podcast at iTunes, at Podcast Addict, at Podbean. You can view them on YouTube. I really would appreciate it if you looked at them. What I'd appreciate more, if you can give me a rating, good or bad. I'm not like uh, the other sites where, hey, they only want five stars. No, I could use a three star so I can get a, some some advice. But if you're going to give me a two star or one star, do me a favor. At least tell me what I did wrong. 
I hope you have a nice night, and this is Gene, and we're dumbasses talking politics.